You're listening to Bits and Pieces on Sunrise Robot. I'm one of your hosts, Matt Duncan, out of Gelsenkirchen, Germany. And usually this is the point where Michael Edwards introduces himself. But right now he's on a tour through the US following the McRib. I've told him many times he should just move to Germany because we've got the McRib on our menu all day long. Uh, he won't listen to me. So this is why this week and next week we are going to have a special guest. So with me right now, I've got my good friend, my childhood friend, Michael. Hello, I'm Michael, and I'm from Germany, Gelsenkirchen, too. Yeah, so um, we've got another Michael here, just uh, so it doesn't get too shocking that there's somebody sitting in this time. We did our best um, replacing yep. him. And and right at the beginning, before our weekly title update, of course, I just have to address this contraption that we used to record right now. Um, so I didn't have a second mic stand, but I, of course, we have two microphones right now. So um, just have a look in the show notes. We're going to post a picture of this this monster of mic stand that we're recording with right now uh, in a 90 degree angle you've got two different microphones pointing around um but it works surprisingly well and we can actually look at each other while we're talking and also it's nice not to have any latency usually i'm saying something and about two hours later it uh, michael receives it in, in in denver and yeah then i can wait for an answer with the carrier pigeon <laughs> so um right now just to get to our weekly title update um Apparently, Prince pulled all the music from all streaming services except for Tidal. So it seems like he's in the Tidal boat. And just as a reminder, this is the guy that four years ago said that the internet was over. It's just over. He said that? He said that. The okay. internet's over. We, we're done. I don't even know what we're doing here. It's, <laughs> why, why are we even doing this? this the internet's over. Um, please stop listening to this. Um, you've all heard Prince, but, um, apparently Tidal is okay. So, um, Why not? <laughs> Maybe Tidal's not part of the internet. Um, so let, let's get to it. Um, just to talk a little bit about you. So as I said, you're a childhood friend. Um, we've spent a lot of time together. And in my mid-teens, about that time, you were actually a big influence in my musical taste. And oh, That's good to hear. <laughs> and so... Um, Around that time, I, I started playing guitar. I mostly listened to rock and metal. And then you came along and said, hey, look at this. This is Depeche Mode. Uh, yes, I did that. Um, me and Depeche Mode, that's a long history, long way back. I think it started about 2004 when um, they collaborated with Mike Shinoda on the Enjoy the Silence reinterpreted version. And yeah. that was the point when I started listening to Depeche Mode. And... Funny thing is, for being one of the most successful bands for the past for past thirty years, over thirty years right now, I didn't know that that many songs done by them up to that point until I started um, exploring the discography. And um, one of the sweetest things about it was that um, for family and friends, many of those people also enjoyed the music, and apparently you were one of them. Yeah. Um so as I said, I was going in a completely different direction musically at that time. And then suddenly it's like, hey, I've got this synth pop, electro rock thing going. And uh, I mean, I, I, I honestly say there was no growing happening. It's just from the start, it hit me. It's like, yeah, this, this is some good shit. And and also, uh, I mean, dis discovering them so late in their discography, you've had this huge treasure test to to wade through, to, to go through. And um, 
so as you as you listen to to this discography from I guess front to back uh, back then. Um, I, actually, I, I I started out with um, with uh, some selected songs, just what I could get from the family li library. I would say from all the internet, uh, all the internet, Kazaa and Bash. Yeah. And um, <laughs> to be honest, un until that time, I was around. 2004, how old was I? 11 years, bang, uh, 50, 14, 15 years old. I had never actually, um, concerned myself with, um, a discography as a whole. Um, I liked electronic music, um, already before I discovered the Pesh Mode, but it was more just like single collections or compilations, so no studio albums. It was the first time for me, and I remember the first studio album by the Pesh Mode I really enjoyed was Music for the Masses was the 1987 album. And that was the first one I get to know as a whole listening process for studio album. And I was very, very... Um, I was enjoying it very much. And let's say before Depeche Mode, or discovering Depeche Mode, um, were you generally interested in music that, yeah, let's say, was kind of before your time, like the, the early or mid-80s or even 70s? Is that something you, you were listening to before in any way? Or is it... Or did, Like, let's say depression would spark that no uh, it didn't spark it um i got to know music um be mainly because my father ha also had a lot of interest in music and he um he's building pas on his own and uh we have four children at home and every single child got in, got their own self-made pa it was pretty awesome and um i uh enjoyed many Songs from different bands from that time, mostly 80s, sometimes even before that. Um, but the Pesh Mode was the first time that I really got into a band as a whole because I liked almost every s single thing about them. I liked the music, of course. I liked the videos. I liked the live performance. The whole image. That, the whole image. So there are, th there are two things that you just said that uh, I wanted to come back to anyway. So the first one is that um, you said that your peers and your your family and friends are uh, part of that as uh, anyways um, they also enjoyed let's say that kind of music and um, so I I know from from my family that uh, usually I was pretty um, yeah I was pretty alone with my music that I listened to I mean I know the taste of my parents um, there isn't m much overlap there Um And especially with the, with the harder stuff like Gwar, this whole phase where I was exclusively listening to Gwar, um, there was just, yeah, let me find the English word. So my mom had a word for when I was listening to heavy metal and the screaming and the, the distorted guitars. <laughs> In German, it's gestörten Musik. Yes. Um, some people say that. What would be a proper translation for that? Um, music for. Disturb people. <laughs> yeah, it, it's yeah, for, some, for people who are kind of wacky in the head. Yeah, wacky in the head. So disturbed, but I wasn't listening to disturb. It seems like in your family that's a completely different story. In in the sense that there seems to be a common denominator where you can all agree that there are th this this one artist or this certain style that at least everybody can listen to. While everybody, of course, has their own thing on yes. any somewhere, but. Let's say if I go into your house and put on a Depeche Mode record, I think nobody would leave the room. No, when that no, was no, on. no, no. Um, I have, as I mentioned before, I, I didn't know, I have three siblings and each one has their own uh, music taste. 
things they prefer. My uh, brother is a huge fan of heavy metal, and uh, he also, but he also likes to listen to electronic music, and he um, also enjoys the Pesh mode. And we also went to a concert together already in, in Düsseldorf on the last last tour for the Delta Machine album. And um, yeah, there is a um, you could say that there's a common denominator. Yes, so you could say that. Um, and turning that around, is 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 there anything that that you particularly listen to that you would say that this one person from your family would uh, yeah immediately like to mute the stereo or stop it um, for for the thing that it is? Uh, uh, yes, anything of that's course, so course, weird uh, that would be. Um, I have to say I have a taste for very different uh, types of music I like. Uh, and sometimes I really have a thing for complicated things for, for terms of, of structure or of vocals uh, changing. Um, complexity. Complexity. Um, and experimental stuff probably. Yes. Um, for example, I, I like battles. Battles. Just like you do. <laughs> But I remember... Um, Once on a birthday party of one of my siblings, I played Tonto, a pretty uh, good known song by them. And my, at some point, my mother came in and asked uh, to, turn, uh, to turn the music off because it sounded so weird to them. Yeah. So there are uh, certain um, certain artists or songs that I have to listen uh, to alone in my yeah. room. But, but uh, As long as in my, as I am in my room, I don't care how loud it yeah. is. Of course, I don't. I don't use headphones even for those yeah. songs and for those artists. I know what you mean. Uh, I, I remember another occurrence uh, where battle was battles was very polarizing, which was at a birthday party of a mutual friend of ours, of myself. Yes. Where uh, I think I played Atlas by, by yes. Battles and it received uh, similar reactions. Of, Please, can you turn that off? Is that chipmunk singing? I don't know. It's I think everybody of everybody has has something like that. Um but also what you said is that um and I I know that because I've experienced it myself. As you said, you've got a bunch of huge stereo systems in your home, in your house. Yes. So like everybody has one and um just just tell me a little bit of that. So you said your your father's building yes. them himself. Um, my father is a huge fan of um home listening home listening to music. Actually, it's kind of weird. He loves music so much, but he has never been to any live concert. I guess that's just not his deal because he thinks that he doesn't miss anything with his PA. <laughs> uh, and to be honest, the PAs are really great. They are, as I said, they are self-made. So uh, the cases for the speakers are self-made, self-built with uh, wood and metal and other things. The speakers... Um, There are different kinds of, of, of uh, PAs, bigger ones and smaller ones. But the great thing about it is that the speakers are of really good quality. And um, the more speakers you have and the more um, equalizers and um, amplifiers you got, it really makes a difference in terms of listening because sometimes you don't even know yet How much potential there is on some of your CDs that you got in your uh, in your um, in your shelves on the wall, because there are major differences in terms of production and in terms of quality. Um, one very good example 
that uh, always amazes me again, even is uh, Yellow. Oh yeah, Swiss band Yellow, Dieter Meyer and Boris Blank, and um, their music, their uh, studio music, has a very high production value. Yeah, um, you wouldn't know that if you had not listened to them on a big and good PA system. Yeah, um, it's really it's mind blowing. It and is, and I mean <laughs> that if I say that because the. Uh, Some uh, there are opinions about CDs and and and, and records, of course. Uh, I know the sound of both mediums, and I have to say that the record still has has very um, has some uh, advantages in terms of the upper frequency range. It's more um, pronounced, or is it just it's li sparkling? livelier, livelier. It's livelier. It's clearer. It's um, it feels more that music really is alive on a record mm. player, but. CDs can also grab that, and uh, Yellow is one good example. You just have to experience it. Yes, yes. <laughs> it's, it's hard to describe. So, just, so, if any of you have got a friend or somebody who has got a nice PA, or if you're if you're a sound technician and you're setting up a PA for a venue next time, just pop in a Yellow CD, and you'll be amazed about the the clarity in the bass, and as yes. you said, the li liveliness. And um, I, I know that the first time I listened to something on on the um, on your on your hi-fi system, and um, I know we, we often on this show, we, we kind of shit on this whole audiophile pseudoscience that's going on with uncompressed, uh, um, uncompressed audio and, and even sometimes this, this difference between vinyl and CD where objectively the CD is better, but I can see where there's some elements that you just like from the sound of vinyl, even if it's objectively not perfect. Um, but the first, what I remember is the first time I listened to your sound, although you've, you've got a, huge subwoofer first of all there's there's a lot of bass going on yes um yes. but also that um even though there was this huge bass going on i still kind of felt that there was a lot of treble going on a lot of a lot of things in the high frequency and then i noticed that you've got these super high frequency um um speakers on yes. top of your yes. speakers which before then i didn't know even existed so they, these are tiny speakers that are just there for i don't know the the upper frequency range above uh 15,000 hertz or something. Yes. And it does add to it. I mean, you have to get used to it because as I said, it sounds like there's too much going on there, but that's just because you're not used to hearing something yes. that pronounced up there. And so, so just wanting to address that, that, um, the, while we shit on this out of your file pseudoscience, having good equipment is always good. And, experiencing that it i i have never had the chance for something like that uh, in in my place here um the the best thing i have or had are the headphones i'm wearing right now but these are headphones um while i really like them there is just simply a difference between hearing something in a room and and your room yes. is also i mean i wouldn't say it's perfectly tuned to your system no, because no, no, there's, there's no way to do that in such no. a tight space but um it it There, there's nothing too pronounced or something, and as you said, you've got uh, you've got I think two active equalizers that um, I, I know that when I when I'm at your place, I always see those equalizer curves like perfectly set at the right uh, volume. Uh, did you do that yourself, or is it just your father sitting there for hours and hours and just <laughs> listening back to the CDs he knows best and tuning them, fine tuning them to the perfect dB uh, decibel place? The funny uh, thing is that it's really. It uh, pretty much is like that. Um, I have to say, even though I grew up with a lot of music around me for every almost every day, 
because I also need music every day. It's like, uh, it's very comforting. Um, my father is the one in, in the house with the best listening experience. With the best so, ear. In our living room, we have four uh, speaker systems about two meters high. So, and there are a lot of speakers in there. <laughs> a lot of speakers for high frequency yeah. um, areas. And if just one of them, if just one of them is missing, <laughs> my father would hear which one it is. And exactly. I exactly. Go straight to the speaker straight. cabinet. This is wrong. I, I got to replace this. Yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> That's the case, and and, and I I never been able to do that. Yeah. Of course, I'm happy that I grew up in 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 such a musical environment, and I do would say that I have some experience with some things, but I'm no pro. Yeah, I would say for for most uh, for the most part, I'm I'm a I'm a listener. I'm a listener, full fledged listener. I really like to um, listen to a lot of music. It's really important to me. It's part of my daily life, I would say. If I have the chance to listen to an album for one, for one hour or longer, I would do that, really. It makes me help start my day or makes me um, get really comfortable and relax. And um, there's music for every kind of um, state you're in and uh, every um, emotional, for everything that you experience and that you go through. Yeah, and memories that build yes. together with some music. I yes. know that there's a lot of songs that I have a certain memory um, with that uh, certain albums where when I listen to it, I get like taken back to the time where I first discovered them. There are a few albums that sometimes I pop in just, just to help remember those times. And as you just said, there's music for every stage and for every mood. And I mean, let, let's say if you if you categorize music Let's just say we've got three groups here, like sad music, neutral music, and happy music. If we were to say that, um, I know sad music, like in tone or lyrics, or it's just minor keys all the way through. Uh, and, and the other one being, yeah, happy, happy is probably not the right word. It's like energizing yes. and, and up, upbeat, it's driving, fun, and probably a major key, but not necessarily, or at least it's an apparent major key. It doesn't sound, um, melancholy or anything. So let, let's say if you were in a in a sad state and you listen to sad music, uh, is it something that for you helps you get out of the sad state? Is it something to embrace the sad state, or is it something to get you even more depressed in the end? Um, well, that, that, that's an interesting question. I would say that there is music that is kind of sad because it con it circles around depressing stuff and topics. But what I do like about sad music, if you would call it like that, is that if there's a tone of hope in there. Yeah, I love if that. If there's a tone of hope in there. And <laughs> I realize I'm talking a lot about Depeche Mode for my yeah. first time being on this <laughs> podcast, but this band is also another example, a very good example for music that is often described as grumpy and moody and sad and I remember, for suicide. I remember uh, our, our PE teacher, um, we, we brought a CD of um, some music that we liked. So we had some dancing lessons in school, in sports. And um, because we didn't like the thing, the, the things, the CDs that our teacher brought, which was just run-of-the-mill, uh, just instrumental, um, I know, public use music that doesn't really have uh, anything to it. Uh, we just brought a CD. We were, we're like the typical kids who today would, um, 
who who would do a presentation on their My Little Pony fandom, but with the Mode <laughs> in that sense. Um, so so we brought a CD, and I think one of the first songs was something from um, A Broken Frame or one of, one of the more um, melancholy uh, yes. Deepish Mode songs. And our teachers saying this sounds like somebody's getting buried. Some someone is. Um, yes. It's a funeral. Um, it's a funeral. It's, it's funeral music, song. and I was quite shocked because I really couldn't understand how. Um, while I un- when I understood that it's not really the most upbeat music, um, I never really felt like any anybody would dismiss it in that way, and yeah, and usually for me it's that when I'm sad and I listen to sad music. Maybe it's a mechanism to cope. Maybe it's something like, okay, I'm now in this mood. I can't help it anyway. Let's just um, put on something that fits. And I know uh, if I think if I had silence, I, w- I would get more depressed then. So yes, a- at least it keeps me on this level where I don't get suicidal or anything. Um, because I think if I was sad, I couldn't really listen to happy music to like i couldn't i couldn't put on uh, i don't know kesha or something if i'm really it wouldn't fit it it's just not working and the other way around i think if i'm in a happy state and i listen to the most depressing music i don't think it would phase me anyway um Mm. i i mean i i listen to sometimes i have random on in my playlist and i've got the most varied stuff in there and it it just Sometimes it's something for the background. Sometimes I just like the sound of it. And even if it's a song that's really about a shitty experience, sometimes I put on my own music and there are songs about some shitty experiences in there. And I even have a more connection to that because it's something I told myself. It's a story I told myself. Even then, if I'm not in a sad state, it's just like, yeah, I like the song. I like how it sounds. Uh, I don't care right now that it's depressing. Mm. But I think uh, any other day uh, where I'm sad, I think that would be a different thing. So... Would I don't know? Would you agree to that? So is it is it something to help you with your mood itself, the mood that you're in, or would it actually shift your mood in in some way sometimes? Um, I think that life as it is brings happy times and sad times with it. You can't help that; it's always going to be like that. And um, the most important thing is to focus on the fact that it is, that everything is going to pass. Uh, at some point it will pass, and it's the same th- thing about um, the music you are in at that time, at that moment, at that particular day when you're down or you're very happy about something. You should always, uh, especially when you're sad, you should just say to yourself, this is going to pass. Today it's like that, and I like that moody album yeah. right now. Right. And... Life happens every day and maybe tomorrow you have a brand new perspective on something and you say, man, I'm so glad I didn't uh, focus too much on, on being a depressed potato. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to express it. I think it's the <laughs> correct expression. <laughs> so this episode so far was very um, listening focused, but um, and, and I actually wanted to do a show in, in the past where it's more seriously about listening. Like Mike and I, we, we usually get stuck in this position as a musician ourselves and a music producer. So sometimes, uh, it kind of only goes in that direction, although we try to, to shed a light on both sides. Um, 
but uh, here's a w- some kind of way that we can do a segue here. So, um, as I told, we've been childhood friends. We've known each other a long time, and we've actually collab- collaborated on a lot of music projects. Um, some were just mine. Some some were our, from our both our minds, and um, just just to kind of go through it. I mean. Uh, we don't have to go back to, to elementary school era or something <laughs> like that. But, um, so at some part, we actually had a band together. So I mentioned this, uh, on early episodes. We had a band called City in the Sky, uh, the typical high school, uh, high school band. Although we didn't really do typical music back then. Um, no, we didn't. It was, I'm not your average, uh, teenage yeah. rock band. We didn't just play for power cards and call it a day. So um, we were trying, all of us. We were being, trying really hard. We were trying really hard to mimic our, our idols and um, also go, even back then going to, to this electro rock um, thing. Um, but just focusing on you, I mean, you being the, the person that I know that mostly lives on music, like I could imagine that um, you could survive without food and <laughs> water. Just You could just live on music. Yes. Um, this jump to being actively participating in music yourself um how, what was going on in your mind back then when when you suddenly suddenly it was like i'm now the singer of a band mm. it was a very interesting experience and to be honest i was very hyped because that was around a time when i uh, not only got interested in bands as a whole but also in live performances i got some um, concert movies and I, that was a whole new experience for me. I, I always had thought of live music or oh, what's that about listening to that or watching a recorded uh, live show, but I really enjoyed it. And then when this band came up, when this band established, <laughs> we, at, established we established in our ourselves in <laughs> We tried really hard to be um, something different from, from what are you? Uh, yes. And, uh, being the lead singer, it was a very interesting experience, but I also felt that there was a lot of responsibility that I had. And maybe my mistake was that I sometimes thought of having too much responsibility, so I made it really hard on me. Maybe I could have done better if I had been more relaxed at some point. But the only thing I wanted was to give it my all. And I really tried that. And I contest that you did that. I, I can that's very that. nice of you. Although I have to say, and that's a personal conclusion I draw, I really like to sing. But I know that I am not a good singer. And I I would just say, I know I'm not a good singer, but I think that I can express me with my voice. You can express yourself yes. really well. Yeah. And I think that, that, that are, these are two different things. Being a good singer, re- um, hitting the right note, that's a talent. A technical that's, a, that's a technical Yeah, not necessarily a talent. I mean, that's practicing, but like the technicalities of yes. singing the right thing at the right time yes. and the hi- right ah, pitch. I, I, I never could do that. I know I'm, I'm not very, um, fond of, uh, I'm, skilled at. I'm not skilled at that. I always knew, but the thing that was important for me was to, to set a, to express my feelings through my voice and I never got a second chance in any other band but I don't not know not in a serious band not in a serious band, not in a serious band we're going to talk should, about this in a I, to be honest today I wouldn't I don't know if I would say yes again to mm-hmm. this part I don't know I um, 
maybe I learned from that that although I like to sing in private or whatever yeah. when I'm listening at home, and I hope you I'm still not, do. Yes, I, I do. I, I couldn't stop that. Sometimes I really like to scream in my room, and everybody thinks <laughs> I'm getting cut or something. But <laughs> but I'm just Crawling listening to music. Just, my yeah, oh, yeah. Mike singing. Oh, Mike singing again. <laughs> He's throwing himself all out the window. No, no, I'm not. I'm I'm just enjoying myself. I don't think that I am fit to be a lead singer. That's the personal conclusion I draw. I drew over the past years. I enjoyed it. I I I'm really thankful that I tried it. Yeah. I'm really thankful for the time. You'll never regret not no, doing it. No, I'm not going to. That's not what I mean. I, 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 I mean that it was an experience and I learned from it. And then I'm not really cut out for that yeah. role. And I think that's that's an interesting point that, um, I mean, music and making music and uh, playing an instrument has always been in me in some way. I mean, I've, I've played I've played a toy keyboard with two years, uh, like like little toy keyboard and learned the notes from some of the songs that we that we got from uh, i don't know it was some 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 religious songs something so i don't know why we had those notes lying around and then with five years old like getting a proper toy keyboard i don't know proper that, toy key- let's say something that holy you fuck upgraded would, yourself, I up, I upgraded yourself you, you were upgraded i upgraded to three octaves and a <laughs> saw wave and uh something that uh, holy fuck would probably use on their life equipment <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then from then on i just uh so it's it's always been in me but um so i think what i'm trying to say is that uh especially for you as the listener so if if you're somebody who um who who is really interested in music but um kind of let's say on the fence of of doing something musical um especially when you got friends some maybe they've offered you something uh, you just, you just heard this, um, this account of saying, just try, do it. Even if, even if in the end there's, um, you can say, okay, that this didn't turn out like the way I m- maybe expected it or wished imagined it would it. go or imagined it. But at least it's an experience that, um, I mean, it's, it doesn't have any risks to it. There's nothing that broke in a sense. There's nothing, no. um, that ne- negative going from, uh, coming from that. There's nothing negative in trying something. Right. It's not n- never. Yeah, and especially with something like music, with something yes. expressive and art. Um, yeah, but as I said, um, it, it didn't really stop there, and it, it didn't really even start there, to be honest. Um, there's this. I was about to say dark chapter, but it's not a dark chapter, and it's it's, it's not dark, and it's not even the chapter um, that we we like to collaborate on some stuff. So um, I've always been interested in in producing audio in the technical sense. I mean, we've talked a lot about this, uh, Mike and I. Uh, we're both home producers. We have our equipment. We work on, on a computer. We we do stuff ourselves, and we learn this stuff ourselves. And a lot of ways to, to to learn this stuff is just playing around with it and doing stupid shit and experimenting. And that's th- where we come. There in. is another point <laughs> where um, there's uh, there are those collaborations where you're kind of the inspiration, you're the mastermind, but I am the one who kind of puts that you're into the scientist, yeah, who who twists the MP3 around to do the thing that you thought of. So, <laughs> um, just to describe this, I don't even know how we got started with this. Um, so we had this audio program called Nero Wave Editor from Nero, the the burning CD company software bundle thingy, and. I don't know, for some reason, maybe it was this, uh, this genuine idea of, Hey, let's try to remix a song. Yes. And we just went in there and soon realized that it was so limited that you couldn't do anything. It was just linear. It, you had the sound file in there, 
and you could copy and paste. And then we discovered, okay, there's this effects menu and we tried all the effects and we kind of developed the style from that. That's so shitty, but I mean, maybe that's just our humor. I know we've played this to people who either left the room immediately or just were lying on the floor crying from laughter. And I can never really tell in advance what kind of reaction I'm get, going to get from a person. But just to set the scene, so we, you, we, we, we put the MP3 in there and just start getting the funniest or the, the stupidest little blip of sound, like a few milliseconds out there, start pasting it all over the song, doing it backwards, going to distort it, like putting the gain up real high, in a sense, like really destroying the sound. We also called those always like uh, the, the title of the song and then in parentheses destroyed. This is the deluxe version. Yeah. Deluxe and, version. And as we, I mean, we, let's just keep this running. It's of course we did a lot of things with Depeche Mode and we, we like, so in an MP3, you can tag the artist and the title and the song number and all that. And it was always like Depeche Mode versus Spitfire and Spitfire was my, my Counter Strike username and my, <laughs> yeah. my last FM username to this day. And, um, we just did this, 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 these bunch of songs, remixes, destroyed remix. I don't know even what to call it. Um, I think we're just, just going to play a little sample of this. Um, either you're going to hate us after that, or I don't know, maybe you're going to find it funny. I'm not going to promise anything. So, um, yeah, here goes. This is the kind of shit that you can do to to get used to what effects are and what how compression works or how how it shouldn't work what you not what you shouldn't <laughs> do with it. Um, and I also thought about that maybe uh, in a, in a few weeks when when Mike's back we 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 could do a series on like explaining effects and the the usual things that people use in music and you can recognize as, as a listener. Um, but these are the kind of experiments and the fun that you can have with music and. Even if it's so stupid, I mean, you, you heard how stupid this sounds. Uh, there's so much joy, at least for the two of us, that came from from this project, if you can call it. And it was usually like you, you just came over to my house and it's like, hey, throw on wave editor, I've got some new ideas. <laughs> it's, it's plugging, it's plugging the shit crank. Yeah, um, and like being halfway through a song, being like, we can use another. Um, Yes, you're paranoid from 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 this one, the street song, the, and put the street it a, song. straight into this depression. And so uh, suddenly you you have a you have a, a collage a cross, a crossover it's between just, between hip hop yeah. and electro <laughs> electronic rock. Yeah, as we just said, it's just these little things that you can gain from fun from, like things you wouldn't even think about. It's just it's not serious. It's not it's borderline not even music anymore. And and then this other project. Um, which is called Heizkörper. <laughs> Just another fun little thing. So I don't know what you're talking what, about. <laughs> what I said with with this other thing that we uh, that I like to learn the technicalities of uh, probably and yeah, not doing stuff technically. Um, just as a playground for composing things on the fly, um, I I hooked up my loop machine or my virtual loop machine like Ableton Live when I was getting into Ableton Live. Set up a, a project where I could more or less do anything live and loop it and have a proper song without any any preparation. And then I gave you a microphone, <laughs> and things went downhill yes, quickly. Went quickly. And um, if we can find a sample that is safe for work, we're going to play it right here. 
Mm-hmm. Otherwise, we'll move on right away and never talk about this in public again. <laughs> is a plus minus inspiration from my ass. inspiration. Inspiration for the nation. Nation inspired by his ass. Cause everyone paints my ass on the Fasoilen. On the Fasoilen is his ass. You want propaganda, take my ass. There's an archive, uh, a hard drive in my basement with about five albums on it that could yes. are never allowed to see the light of day for that very reason. Um, and I think with that, we should just move on to our pick of the weeks this week. I think I'm going to let you present your pick of the week first. Okay. I am a huge fan of Japanese um, comic and animation and through that i got to know a composer uh, electronic artist from japan he's called uh, hirasawa susumo and he has done a lot of um, the music for the berserk anime universe berserk is a dark fantasy universe yeah it's a very adult anime i mean yes for, for those of you who uh kind of sometimes wave at anime like oh it's this kid's thing no oh this is a brute lad this is a game of thrones territory and yes you almost. could describe it at that least way. when it comes to the brutality and the violence yes and i picked one of the songs he composed for berserk is um to be more accurate for one of the berserk video games um this song is called indra I think Indra is kind of like a goddess from uh, from uh, Buddhism or Hinduism. I I don't I don't know exactly. Let me do I, I'm some not, life googling. Yes, yeah, do some googling. Um, I don't speak Japanese, and it's not about the lyrics at all that dry, uh, that drove me to his music. I know that his lyrics are very complex, have a lot of uh, philosophical um, background. Very hard to understand. And it's hard to find subtitles. Sometimes you're lucky. There are some bloggers on Tumblr who try to do uh, translations. It's very, very good. I really would uh, hope uh, that this goes on for uh, fans like me. Yes, and this song, Indra, is... Uh, <laughs> it's a hell of a song, yeah. to say. It's it's an epic um, it's an epic piece. All of his songs that he produced and wrote for Berserk are this epic that had this epic huge monumental feeling and indra is I think maybe the best example of that maybe it's it's not as well known as some of his other songs and that's another reason why i think uh, this is a good pick of the week because i i really would in, uh, i really would um, be happy if some of you listening to this would uh, like this song get to know this composer if you don't know him so I think we just should play a little sample of the yes, song right here. we should do that. this was Indra by Hirasawa Susumu. I just looked it up. Yeah, Hin, uh, Indra is um, also known as Sakura. 
It's the leader of the Devas, blah, blah, blah. Hinduism. It's, uh, it's Hinduism. It's okay, Hinduism, so Hinduism. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, through you, I've also discovered a lot of, of his music. And what I instantly always latch on is that everything is drowned in reverb. And I love that because I do that myself. Um, not as ex- in, in this extreme way as he does it. Like there's a lot of reverb, even on the drums. So usually I don't put that much reverb on the drums, but. There's so much space, like behind the song. It's like the song itself has depth, but like there was a cloud behind it, a cloud of instruments that is just enveloping the the environment. And I, I think you can hear that in a lot of his songs. But I also found, found interesting uh, things that you told me, and then I um, after that looked up on Wiki, Wikipedia. Is he also produces his songs in a in a very um, yeah I would say strange way, but in a in a very peculiar way. So um, he's using, or he has used, I think he's now switched to Windows. Like, I think until the start of the 2000s, of the, of the, of the noughts of the 2000s, uh, he, used, he used Amiga computers and some kind of retro stuff, although it doesn't really sound that retro to me. Um, at least, it, I mean, it's not chip tune or anything. It's just, um, yeah, all the computers, all the technologies, all the sound fonts, and also... That he uses um, since then exclusively solar energy to produce his albums, like the studios he has um, or he's working in, they run completely on solar energy. And he even ditched some of his hardware synthesizers for virtual instruments, just so there's even less, I think, carbon emission going from that. And even live, so you you saw a lot more live videos than I did. There are some very weird contraptions going on on stage. Oh, yes. For example, he's using kinetic energy to power some of his instruments. Like he has a wheel of a, of a bike hanging on the stage and he's uh, turning it to produce some yeah. uh, electricity. I find that's very cool. That's yeah. something I had never seen before in, in uh, any other concert uh, I experienced. And uh, there is a Ola concert series where he had a, a, a Tesla coil yeah, on the that. on the stage, that and the Tesla scary. that's scary <laughs> because he used the Tesla coil to um, play some of the melodies in the song, and that, that's another thing that I find very interesting. If you listen to his albums and listen to him live or see his films. And he's doing a lot of concert films. There is a lot to, to buy, but it's very expensive because it's just small, um, distributors. Just, yes, yes, it's, uh, it's kind of expensive. Yeah. You always you, have to import this. Yes, you have to import this. But there is, is, a, is, is an online shop where you can get the things. And it's just so different. It's just so different from, from album to, to life. That's very interesting that the same songs that are, uh, already at that point are very complex. And have a lot of going on that they even become more sophisticated and complex on stage. And yeah. that's really, really interesting. And uh, it keeps you coming back. Uh, I remember sitting hours on YouTube and, and viewing videos for video because I couldn't get enough of that. Yeah. Uh, that crazy shit that was so amazing. <laughs> and that's the thing I have to say. Uh, if an artist goes as far as this and is brave enough to do this kind of stuff. I think that's um, that's that's really amazing. I I just can't find the right words to describe how I feel about it. I think this this person is a real artist on stage in the studio. He's putting a lot of effort in his work, and he's always trying 
to um, reinvent to, himself, to reinvent himself, to not be repetitive yeah. about, about anything he's doing. He just surprises me with every <laughs> new release he does. And it's yeah. really, really cool. All right, moving on. Um, I'm just going to present my pick of the week. Um, for this week, I've picked a song from the Full Metal Alchemist soundtrack, a famous anime, like the, the thing that got me started on anime. Um, and it's the song... Bratya. Um, it's it's sang by a Russian chorus of um, yeah young boys. It's, it's a young boys chorus um, and orchestral instrumentation in, in the back, and it just hits me every time. Like uh, when when I picked the song, when I was listening to some stuff yesterday, trying to think what I would wanted to pick, and I wanted to pick something that uh, I think we both had a background on. I I said yeah, let's let's listen back to it just to, uh, just so I can get it back into it. And it just hit me like right in the face with all his emotion. And I mean, so it has to be part of it has to be the nostalgia for, for watching the series back then. But I think that even if you haven't seen it, this, this is a song that just, uh, I think it can make a man cry, any man. And, um, I remembered listening back, uh, listening to this song usually before our concerts with City in the Sky, like back then when I discovered this. Um, I, I listened to it because at first it calms you down because it is a calm song, but then it hypes you up at the end because it has this huge climax. And I wish I could pick this climax for a sample, but I mean, like it is, you can't have a climax without the proper foreplay. So, um, I think I'm just <laughs> going to, to play uh, a little sample from, from the middle section right here. So, um, what do you think of the song? Um, yes, I have a very similar opinion about it. I think it's really amazing. It's something that really touches your heart, really gets to the core of you and really grabs you. It's not something that you just uh, listen to if you're kind of taking out the trash or doing housework or so. It's <laughs> just something you have to sit down and listen to. Yeah, You can't ignore that if that song comes up in place. And um, this is a very good example of how music can really contrib con contribute to another medium, like a, f a movie or a series or whatever it is, or a video game. You can't kill this song. Yeah. It will always stay with <laughs> it you. It will always kill you. Yes, it will always kill you. And that's the case about it. And as a surprise, um, we've got Michael Edwards right here. So um, <laughs> Mike sent in uh, remotely. He sent in his pick of the week this week. Um so with this, I'll leave it to you, Michael. Hey, this is Michael Edwards here. Sorry, I can't be there live for the recording of Bits and Pieces 23, but I am excited I get to join in in this pre-recorded segment to present my pick of the week. So my pick of the week this week is Electric President, and they have a song called Insomnia. And uh, this is an interesting little uh, glitch pop tune. Um, there's lots of, it's kind of a collage of found sound uh, pulled together, pieced together, chopped up in different ways, reversed, um, jumbled together and panned in different ways and, uh, kind of glomming it all together into a, uh, 
sort of a chilled out, soft uh, indie pop song. I mean, I guess it gets kind of going in the chorus a little bit with the beat, but the, the vocals are very soft and calm the whole time. And, uh, you know, with the song title like Insomnia, you imagine that um, this has to do with not being able to sleep. And uh, if you take a look at the lyrics, it, it's an interesting little uh, poetic uh, meditation on both the mundane and the kind of the, the ultimate uh, questions. But, um, you know, if you can imagine if you've ever had insomnia or been unable to sleep, um, the things you get to thinking about um, from the small and tiny details of something to kind of the entire trajectory of the human race. Um, and uh, the lyrics kind of span that range and, um, you know, anchored by this chorus that says, so, 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 it's so damn slow. And my take on that is that it is that moment of insomnia that this this trying to fall asleep just never ends and punctuated by these various journeys into, into thought. Um, but I think the song is very pleasant to listen to, and uh, the, the production is very interesting with the use of this collage of sounds, and uh, it's anchored by just a very catchy, catchy chord progression that really hooked me. So let's uh, check out some of Electric President's Insomnia, and then I'll be interested to hear uh, Matt and Mike, uh, what you guys come up with as, as your takes on this song. Um, so let's have it. Wow, what a pick of the week. Um, I think it's safe to say that I can speak for both of us that we instantly liked what we heard. There. Yes, of course. Um, I there's, can, a lot of go, there's a lot of things going on that I really like about this yeah. song. And I think Michael already summed up a lot of this. And I, and I also can I can really identify with, with the themes in the, in the lyrics. And um, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't go as far to say that I actually had insomnia, but... There were, uh, there was a time in my life where I really, really had problems, uh, sleeping before, let's say four in the morning. Um, usually I, I had about, I don't know, three or four hours of sleep before school. And it's just everything he talks about is, is, I completely know why. And, and it's this vicious circle of, uh, yeah, you can't sleep. So you start thinking about some, some shit and then you can't sleep because you think of this shit. And so it makes you think more about this. And it's really, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that I kind of got over this and could, could more or less fall in bed and be asleep in sometimes half an hour. That's, that's quick for me now. This is, uh, we talked about categories of music before. I would pick that for, for hyping me up. Yeah. Yes. It, it really drives me. Yeah, I know what you mean. I, I mean, even if it is uh, on paper, it is a sad song, as we, as we talked earlier. Um, I think if uh, I, I could listen to this in any state, and even if I was sad, I think it also it would hype me up. It's this shimmer of hope that we talked about. That's if it's in a song, it it can't really make me even more depressed. And um, and I also heard some fortet in there, that like some of those glitchy samples. And, and Mike talked about this that there is a lot of uh, glitchiness happening. Those samples going backwards and then panned everywhere it's it's kind of chaotic at some points but it 
just it it makes up a coherent mass of things that it just works. Uh, if I get to listen to the songs as uh, as these, I really think of them as delicious treats. I really uh, it's 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 really tasty. It's just uh, something special, like a like a like, like a very special treat that sets itself apart from many many things that you hear all day. Yeah, and um, I really like I really like to listen to those into those interesting to such interesting songs to get to know more of these because I think I, I some people wouldn't believe how vivid and how varied music can be, how much there is always to discover. There is no end to it, and that's the great thing about music. That what that's what I what I thought when this song started and came up and the first time through I thought yeah I really like that it's it's something special you really you really see that even on uh, you really hear that on even on the first listening yeah and I think with that we should stick a fork in this so of course as always you can find um, in our show notes all those three songs um, you can find YouTube links and also our Spotify and since last week our Apple Music playlist so now that Apple Music has launched. Um, Mike is in charge of keeping our up, uh, list updated there every time we pick new songs and I'm doing our Spotify playlist. And you can find all those show notes at sunriserobot.net slash bits and pieces slash 23. And while you're there, if you haven't already, you can subscribe to us um, with your favorite podcatcher. So if you're on iOS, you can just use the podcast app that comes with iOS on everyone's iPhone. And on Android, you can use Podcast Addict or Pocket Casts. We also like feedback, so you can tweet at me at Echolox on Twitter, E-C-H-O-L-O-X. Um, okay, Michael is not here, Matt Woods Music. Um, I think you're not on Twitter, but uh, I think people can write in your shout box on Last.fm. So how can we find you on Last.fm? You can find me on um, my profile on Last.fm, Agent Orange. And the E's are written in lead speak as freeze. <laughs> <laughs> Agent Orange with the threes as E's. Yes. Right. Michael R. from... Germany. Germany. And with Guts as the avatar. Yes, from the Guts ride. from Berserk. Um, you can also become a patron on Patreon. Head to patreon.com slash sunrise robot. And some of the rewards for supporting us there is getting a shout out on the show itself. So with that, we would like to do a special shout out to Bruce Edwards and Andreas Lange, your amazing supporters. All right. See you next week. Mm-hmm.